Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by... My name's Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast for another of our own episodes. What that means is these are games that we have selected, that we have nominated to go onto the Metacritic Top 100 list, sort of. Kind <laughs> um, of, little bit. Yeah. How are you today? I'm all right. I'm joined by my cat today. Um, so you might hear her squeaking a little bit. I usually put her upstairs when I record, but we're going to see how quiet she is today. You've let her out of her cage. That's right. Let her out of the cat cage. Uh, otherwise, you know, if I keep her in the cat cage too long, she's going to take me to cat court, and that's not where I want to be. So, nope. uh, yes, Spyro is uh, is wandering around. She might squeak a little bit, because that's what she does, but we'll see what happens. Uh, are are cool. you well? I'm okay. I'm getting a bit tired. I know you've had um, a week off, so you're rejuvenating. I think I also need probably a week off to mm. rejuvenate as well. Um, but yeah, the gaming side is good, but yeah, I'm just getting a bit, um, a bit tired run down, I'd say. Yeah. Mm. So I bit, need a bit of refreshing. Yes, quite. I, uh, yeah, I decided to take this week off. So I'm just, uh, having a little life reset, getting back in the gym, um, catching up on some things, which is quite nice. So yes, perhaps you can do the same soon. Yes, I would like to. So today we are here to discuss a game. The game that we are discussing is Alpha Protocol, as re- as revealed um, at the end of last week's episode. So, Alpha Protocol was released in the year 2010, and it was developed by Obsidian and published by Sega. So first, I'm going to give a bit of a brief rundown of the game. So, it is a spy RPG. It was in the works at Obsidian for quite some time. It was one of their first original titles. Um, Obsidian known for KOTOR 2, um, Fallout New Vegas, and recently Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds or Outer World? One of them. Outer Worlds or Outer Wilds? I think it might be Outer Worlds. I think it's Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds is a different game. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so um, this game was actually finished in the year 2009, and... they waited until the year 2010 to release it, but they weren't um, given permission to fix any bugs and refine the game over that year. And timing-wise, it was kind of not the best time because it released a couple of weeks, I believe, after Mass Effect 2, um, which was also another shooting sci-fi... Third-person um, RPG. Third-person RPG. And kind of uh, took the wind out of their sails a bit. So at the time, um, the highest aggregate score it got on Metacritic was... So it received a 72 on the PC. And what I'm going to do, just to get give a bit of... Um, give a bit of a balanced viewpoint, I'm going to read the highest rating critic comment yeah. um, compared to the lowest rating critic comment. Okay. So the highest rating critic comment said, I think this was a translation, so bear with it. Modern spy simulation game with little compromise. Surprises in every part. 
sophisticated RPG system, excellent story, catchy action segments, and a precious conclusion. Precious conclusion. A so. precious conclusion. Yes. That is not the word I would use on the conclusion, but okay. Well, precious is what it is now. That's official. That's right. A precious conclusion. And the lowest... <laughs> The lowest scoring review. Um, this really gives a bit of an insight into the divisiveness of this game. Mm. The abysmal AI, the absolutely <laughs> disastrous PC controls, boss battles that all but throw out the gameplay style that got you there in the first place, and the complete and total illogic of some of the gameplay sections, like the aforementioned shields, all serve to derail what should have been as memorable a game as I've played this year. So, although negative... There are glimmers of of positivity in there, um, torn down by aspects of the gameplay, which I think is going to be a bit of a running theme. Um, Mm. It is a divisive game. I alluded to that last week. Um, Do you have a history of this game? Nope. I'd never heard of it until you suggested we play it. I didn't know anything about it. Um, No prior information. Obviously, I know Obsidian. Uh, one of the future games that we'll be doing in my list is Fallout New Vegas, which is, uh, like you mentioned earlier, a, a, an Obsidian game. And they are considered to be a very good development studio. They are very good. Um, but this was one I'd, I'd never heard of. Didn't know anything about Alpha Protocol. So I was going into this entirely blind. Not watched any videos on it. Not watched uh, any reviews or read anything. Just completely, like, 0% knowledge on it going in. Which is rare for me. I usually have heard something or I know like a little bit about something before we play it. But no, absolutely nothing on this one. I remember this game at the time because it did catch my eye when it released. Um, And I remember looking at the back of the box, probably in local game shop, probably uh, game or um, or game station. That was the other one that was near me. Yeah, the game station. So it would have been one of the two, and I looked at the back of the box, and I thought, oh, this looks like Mass Effect. Um, And then I kind of looked into it a bit, saw the middling reviews, um, and thought, um, maybe I won't um, give this a shot at the moment. And I waited several years to play this, and I started seeing retrospectives of this game with very interesting taglines, like um, a brilliant mess, that's one that I remember. Uh, or I know, sorry, a beautiful mess, and um, another another that said it was Obsidian's secret best game. Um, so I, I read through those retrospectives and I thought, well, I've got to give this a try. So I, I played the game probably in, I think not that long ago, actually, 2017, 2018, and I found it flawed, but very charming. And... This was a late addition to my 15 games. This was the last one added. And it was on my shortlist, but I really wasn't convinced I was going to add it. But then I had that number 15 spot and I was juggling between a few games. And I watched a trailer of this game and I thought, I want to play this again. And I thought, well, actually, I've got quite fond memories of it. And not only that, I thought I wanted you to play it. And given that this game is quite unique and we've really played nothing like this on the list, a spy rpg um i i can't even think of another spy rpg out there it's um really quite unique in its concept so i thought let's give it a go for the for the for the episode um do you want to give us a oh actually before we get into that uh do you want to tell us what version you played this 
uh, what platform you played this on. Yeah, I played it on the PS3, which is the version you advised probably most against playing just because it's um, probably Very the buggy. Choppy. Yeah, a bit choppy, quite buggy. Um, but it was the cheapest one to pick up. So, yes, I got a copy off eBay and played it on my PlayStation 3 because uh, it isn't backwards compatible, is it, on Xbox? Xbox? No. Xbox, unfortunately. You've got you to play it on the 360. Um, yeah. And mine isn't set up, so I thought I'd stick to the PlayStation for this time, which I think you were the opposite, weren't you? Yeah, so your options for this game um, in the year 2023 are the... Uh, the PC version, mm. but this game is no longer available on Steam because of um, licensing issues with a single song, I believe. Um, is that the, the song in the uh, the boss fight? Breaker, yeah, Breaker's yeah, yeah. boss fight, yeah. Um, and then the other versions, again, like you say, not backwards compatible anywhere, so you have to go back a couple of generations to either the PS3 or the 360. I actually own the PS3 and the 360 versions. Um I started playing the PS3 version um, a couple of months ago before I'd, uh, well, maybe not even that, maybe about a month ago, just to see if I was going to put it into my list of 15. Mm. And um, it's, it is very choppy and there is screen tearing all over the place. The 360 version is a lot smoother. Um, so there's still screen tearing during cutscenes, but there's none during gameplay that I could see. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah... Quite a big improvement there, so I'm glad I played it there. But I played it originally on the PS3, so it's it's playable. But yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's issues. Um, do you want to give us a very brief rundown on the narrative? Probably not going into any of the decisions you made yet, because we're going to kind of get there separately. But just a very loose overview. Yeah, the the game um, you play as a a special agent called Michael Thornton who is pulled into a program called Alpha Protocol, which is like a super secret spy agency um, that's kind of been put together by the US government, but like not even, you know, like super high level people know about its its existence. It is very much, um, you know, top classified tier stuff. Uh, And the game takes place where you are, Michael going out on special missions and you are tasked with taking out um, a sheikh in Saudi Arabia who has missiles Um, and upon going to Saudi Arabia and completing the mission you you take out the sheikh and find out that his uh, terrorist clique I suppose is being funded by a company called Halbeck who are like a, a US contractor and the rest of the game takes you across. Uh, you start at Saudi Arabia. You then have the opportunity to go to Moscow, to Taipei. How, how do you pronounce it? Is it Taipei? Taipei. Taipei. Um, and then Rome. With the final, After you've done all three of those areas, the final level being um, unlocked to you. And you make various decisions and various uh, choices through the game. We'll take will... a short pit stop to Greece. Um in the in the in the uh the safe house just before you do the final mission is is apparently in Greece so i wonder if um Greece was another country that was planned originally there's a lot of cut content in this game yeah yeah maybe cuz i i didn't know where that was i was just like oh, okay it's a, it's a new safe house um but yeah you you make various decisions through the game 
and the decisions that you make will have impacts on the the outcome of certain scenarios or outcome of what happens to certain people etc um but yeah it, it's a story of basically michael thornton trying to clear his name after he gets designated being a rogue agent after his mission in saudi arabia yeah and and the whole principle of alpha protocol is that um like um mission impossible the imf uh, from those films they can disavow you if something goes wrong mm-hmm. and in, in in that mission they they basically um, write him off they send missiles at him and they uh, they try to hunt him down and with alpha protocol they said it's been restarted as a government agency several times and just um, wipes the slate clean pretended it didn't exist and started a new company um, so yeah there's there's that all that corporate espionage um that's present in this game um what do you do in this game it's uh it's an rpg it's a it's a third person game that focuses on a few different elements so it's a third person shooter effectively um where you have different options of how you can tackle each mission you can kind of go in all guns blazing you can go in via stealth uh, you can use um close quarters combat or martial arts as it's called in the game or use different gadgets to get through uh, the process. So it, it kind of feels like it's trying to take a, a vibe of like a, a spec ops version of James Bond. Um, yeah. And as, as you proceed through the game, you upgrade your skills, whether that's in you know martial arts or different gun skills or your health or stealth. Um, and that's kind of how you proceed through the game. It, it's a third-person action RPG. Um that the gimmick is supposed to be you can play it however you want to play it um, and you can specialise in certain areas. Um, however, the effectiveness of that I question quite strongly. But yes, it, it's very much a, 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 like a, a third-person RPG from the late 2000s um, and people will probably get an idea for what that is. And now you've mentioned Mass Effect, you can kind of see the similarities between them 100%. I hadn't clocked it before, but yeah. Yes, um, one of the things I was reading a, an interview with one of the um, main developers, and they said when they were creating this game, because there hadn't been anything really similar before, they were trying to figure out what it meant to be a spy RPG. And I remember initially that they that they they were saying that they had um, lots of set pieces. And they had quite fluid gunplay, and they decided that that wasn't the course they were going to go down because it wasn't really an RPG. Um, that was a shooter, and lots of the shooters at the time were doing it. And and apparently Sega also intervened and said, "Well, we want this to be an RPG." One of the th- one of the reasons we agreed to this was that we wanted it to be an RPG. So um, the system that we got in terms of the gunplay in the end, where um, the aiming is off point and yeah, some of the more cumbersome mechanics, including all the hacking stuff was at Sega's insistence, um, which is quite interesting. I mean, so, I, I, I would argue that if, if they're saying they were trying to work out what a spy RPG is during development, I'd probably argue that I don't think they worked out what a spy RPG is during development. Um. No. And one of the things that they said was when Mass Effect 2 came out, they kind of um, cursed and said they did it. 
they they've done it they've gone and done it two weeks before we came out they've gone and, and, and nailed it and yeah pips into the post we hadn't done that um so yeah that was that was one of the uh not not a word for word quote but yeah something yeah. along those lines um okay on to our ever-present feature gameplay is king is it fun to play no i uh <laughs> I, I, I i completed it last night and I, I've been kind of talking to you through the week and I've found myself quite frustrated with this game. And there were times where it would kind of win me over slightly and then it would just go down in my estimations again. Um, I didn't find this game fun. I found it annoying and frustrating. Um, and the, What were the high points for you? Um... The fact that you can make choices, probably, um, you know, the 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 fact that the choices that you make have an impact and actually will um, lead to certain things happening, uh, like towards the end of the game, uh, and as usual, kind of spoilers, I guess. Um, there's a a character that you meet called um, <laughs> what what's her name, Saint James in Rome. Um, uh it's gone um Some, something saint james M, M, yeah yeah um and you have a choice of basically you can either go and defuse some bombs or you can go and save her which is very similar to the uh the choice that batman has to make in um the dark knight you know go and save the person like the woman or go and save harvey dent but you you know you, you've got to go defuse some bombs and whichever decision you make it's like that that you know, if you decide to go for the wrong one, then the other person will die. And the choice was go and defuse some bombs or go and save... Is it Madeline? Madeline, I see. Yeah. yeah, go and save Madeline. And at this point, she'd been in the story about 30 minutes, 40 minutes maybe. And I didn't have much of a relationship with her. So I was like, oh, there's no stakes here because I don't really care about who this woman is. So I just went and, you know, defuse some bombs. And then I, I wasn't sure if they would kill her off. But then, yeah... Um, Malberg or whatever his name is shoots her and you're like oh okay I didn't see that coming um, but yeah I, I suppose the high point in terms of gameplay would be the choices that you make actually having an impact um, on the the way the story would pan out I suppose um, everything else in terms of the gameplay I found difficult and I find it difficult to compliment um, and Madison St James Madison that's it um, yeah, and the, the 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 phrase that I would use to sum up this this gameplay, and I've been thinking about it for a few days, is don't, don't say it yet because we've got the, the the part later on where I ask you to sum up the game in a word. Ah, uh, it's not one word though. Okay, can you give me seven words on that section? I, I can give you seven words, and then I would ask you to summarize it in a word. Okay, that's fine. Um, but yeah, um, I, I I didn't find this game particularly fun. Um, did you? I I do find this game fun. Um, there's the caveat with this is the way you choose to play it. Mm-hmm. Now, I the both times I've played this game, I've played it purely stealth, with the exception of those few yes. forced action sections, which are annoying, as in any stealth game. Splinter Cell games that the, the times yeah, they yeah. do it, it's always frustrating in a stealth game when you're forced into an action section where you haven't been 
going down the action route, especially yeah. in an RPG where you've not funneled your points into the action side of things. Um, so I played this purely stealth, and my um, uh, and it's probably a point to make how you played this after after I've um, just wrapped up my bit. So I funneled my points into um, invisibility, the invisibility yeah, cloak, yeah. which and the if stealth you, if you, uh, stealth section. Yeah, so basically you become invisible for 25 seconds and then you can unlock another ability um, that immediately resets it. So then you've got another 25 seconds of stealth. So basically you, you can do um, 50 seconds of stealth um, and you can go around and take down all the enemies in a single room, mm. um, just like that. So that was the way that I played it. And then you can, you can dampen your footsteps um, and... Yeah, playing that way, you become quite overpowered quite quickly. So a lot of the frustration wasn't there. My enjoyment of this game was turning invisible with the time that I had at any given point in the game. Because obviously you, you upgrade that as you go along. Yeah, yeah. And working out how to take down a room, um, what the best route was to take them down without being caught. And... There are a couple of rooms that are quite tricky and I found that a fun way to play and you do become overpowered and the game is very poorly balanced, especially for this play style. And um, with the exception of those forced action sections, um, yeah, I, I think it's a fun way to play what could very easily be a throwaway, um, frustrating game. I agree with that. Um, I know you played it slightly differently, so do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, I I, tr I tried to do um, I did stealth where possible. However, I found that quite a lot of the time, I I didn't put that many points into stealth um, because I felt well, if this is a stealth game, I should be able to play it without like basic stealth without having to throw a load of points into it. Because what I was finding well, that's that's the balancing issue with the stealth. Yeah, you start off very underpowered. And your stealth is rubbish. And within probably um, sinking, I don't know, five levels into it, you become quite overpowered. I found it was more of an AI issue with the stealth than um, how overpowered the skills are. Because I often found that there'd be times where I would definitely be hidden. And then all of a sudden I'd be seen and everyone starts going crazy. So I did stealth where possible, particularly in um, missions where it was like inside. So there's one mission where you go to like a CIA safe house um, to download some documents. In that one, I did it entirely stealth. Um, and I usually try and play most levels like that until nine times out of ten it went wrong, either down to my error or down to me saying that there was a slightly unfair thing and the AI was being a bit dodgy, which we've already said is, is a bug and you know Obsidian yeah. weren't given the opportunity to fix those. Um, so I did you I, read about the AI by chance? So no, that they said um, initially they made the AI f far too challenging, and, right? And then they they dumbed it down at, at the request of someone. I don't know if it was Sega or internally they decided mm. this. Um, but then they went gold and they were ready to ship, and they didn't that they were supposed to increase the challenge of the AI again but they never got the chance to make that tweak. So, yeah, it's it, it's it's 
I, I fully concede it's ludicrous at times. So you will clear out a room and then um, you'll, you'll walk to the next area and the next lot of enemies will appear on your map and they'll be oblivious to the fact that you've just been um, gunning down a room, for example. And there are times when you reload a section and you'll find no enemies in the map because any enemy that you've taken down before um, for some reason disappears. Yeah. So, <laughs> there, there are silly things like that. And um, I think the single biggest failing of this game is the terrible AI. Yeah. And it, it, it was often the case that, like I say, I'd be doing it stealthily and then I'd get seen. And from there, I'd just go weapons. Um, I didn't really use gadgets that much other than things like grenades and like the health um, the health regen thing. But I, I threw most of my points into assault rifles, um, a little bit into pistols, and then into martial arts and toughness um, just yeah. to kind of bolster the health, bolster up the, the damage done by close quarters combat, and then obviously the guns. Um, but yeah, so I, I played it a little bit more gung-ho i suppose than, than you did but not through lack of trying to play stealth uh it's just that sometimes it kind of fell to pieces when i was going yeah. for that um that approach and as as i progressed through the game i got slightly better with stealth in the, in the times where it didn't kind of feel like i was being screwed over by the game um but yeah it was a mix of probably 70 30 assault over stealth and one of the things I realised, I've never gone down this route, is that if you sink points into the handgun, I recommended this to you um, mm-hmm. before you, you got there, you can you can unlock sort of like a spinter cell. Um, like a tagging system. One is it? Yeah, it's spinter cell. It's blacklist uh, or something, isn't it? No, it's the one before that. It's... Um, conviction conviction yeah that's where yeah that's where it was introduced like the 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 system where you can very quickly target and take down enemies and 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 rack up Mm. those um hits you can do that on bosses and just decimate them so some of those tough bosses you can just absolutely obliterate um which to be honest i want to go back and and, and try that i won't i won't be going back to this game um quickly but i will play it again Uh, there's a I don't know. I just find this game very entertaining in a sort of B movie spy um, kind of way, and I think this game has a lot of potential. And I think it's charming and has a lot of personality. And I think that's why I like it. Um, okay, on to the next question or point. So, who did you make alliances with throughout this game? So I made alliance with uh, Steve Heck, who you meet in Taipei. Um, by Nolan North. Oh, is it? Nolan North, is it? Yeah. Okay, there you go. So, um, yeah, I worked with Steve Heck, and towards the end of the game, when you make your final decisions, uh, he was uh, the handler that I chose. I had the highest relationship with him. Um, I had, like, a middling relationship with Z, um, like the Russian woman dominatrix kind of thing uh the tough russian yes spy stereotype cougar uh i believe is yeah, the word yeah. used through the game um and then there was albatross who are the is it gcc uh albatross yeah it's like they, they've got the troops with like the the night vision goggles on and, and they were yeah. my lowest 
um, the tech group. Yeah, they, they were my lowest one. However, they did help me out at the end of the game as well. So I didn't kind of completely break ties with anyone. Um, but Steve Heck was the one that was my highest relationship, I suppose. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I also allied with him. And um, I I had a good relationship with Albatross and his group. And I kind of left uh, C or Psy. Um, I had the initial interaction with her, which was positive. But I kind of... She she, she says, uh, we'll meet again. Um, and I never did meet her again. So... Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. In, um, yeah. in, in mine, she helped me... Um, push on Braycock's uh, mansion in Moscow. Oh, yeah. And you have a choice just before you go in to fight him to either um, leave her because she gets captured and tortured. So you can either leave her to her fate or go and save her. Uh, I, I saved her and added relationship points that way. Uh, but interesting because obviously if, if you didn't ever see her again, then she wouldn't have been there with you at the mansion and that wouldn't have no, happened to I you. I had you. someone else fit in that role and that mm. was Albatross. Right, I see. Yeah. So um yeah, never never saw her again and I think it's probably because of some decisions yeah I made. So one of the things you do in this game is you've got these these um safe houses. And I think they're a really good idea and they weren't originally part of the game. So originally you just go from mission to mission, but they introduced these safe houses where you could pick um the missions that you wanted to do. You can also um physically walk around the space, you can interact with certain items, you can see the view um there are even there's even a character there at one point and you can check your emails you can uh go through the clearing house which is where you can buy guns intel gadgets um and it's quite a nice this will uh stopping point between missions and you can respond to emails and based on that it will improve or decrease your relationships and i think i probably did something via that email trail um that yeah completely nullified my relationship with Sai. Um but yeah it's just some of the some of the the details. It's one thing that I think this game does really well um is that relationship system and how you could play this game the same as someone else but you and I both started this game at similar times but had quite different experiences based on the decisions we made. Um I think, I think that's I, I think it could have been clearer sometimes on what options were going to do like towards the end of the game well to, at the end of the game when you uh go to take on the alpha protocol gray box again uh because i had a really good relationship with mina and leyland who's kind of the the main bad guy i suppose in, in the game he, he acts as the final boss uh he says okay well you've got a choice now you can either come after me or you can go and save mina because we've captured her and I would have gone to save Mina because I liked Mina and I had a good relationship with her. Um, but it didn't let me know which which way the, the like either of them were. Oh, uh, yeah. There's um, no waypoints or anything like that. No. So I was like, okay, well, I'll go forward because maybe that's where she is. And then as soon as I stepped forward, the roof collapsed, meaning I couldn't go back. And then two minutes later, she was on the screen and she'd been shot in the face. And I was like, oh. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, I mean, there's another one in that final mission. I don't. Again, I don't know if you Scarlet. this. Yeah, with Scarlet, where you, which you can quite easily miss. Yeah, I missed it. Um, where, you, where you have an opportunity to confront her, but yeah, there's a there's a door off to the side, and if you go through, you can confront her. But yeah, it's very easy to miss. Yeah, completely missed it. And at the end of the game, and like the debrief at the end of the mission, it was just like Scarlet's whereabouts are unknown. I'm like, oh, 
Right. Okay. So we're not getting a uh, we're not getting a resolution to that. Never mind. But yeah, I, I feel that some of this stuff could be clearer sometimes on where you need to be to do certain yeah. things. Um, I agree with that. But but then again, you know, in the museum, it's like go left to go and defuse the bombs, or go right to go and save Madison. And I knew what I was doing that time, so it's kind of like fifty fifty. Just wasn't very consistent. Yeah, that's 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 what I think the key is. It's consistency. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes they get it right, and sometimes they really don't. And I think it's that that balance that's missing across the entire game. Yeah, um, it's like they didn't have much time testing it, and they they just had to cart it out the door. Mm. Um, okay, yeah. So other relationships I had were um, in um, Taiwan. I had the uh, gang lord. He was on my side. And Braco, I had a good relationship with him. Um, the Sheikh, I spared his life. Yeah, I and, spared um, the Sheikh. And had a good relationship with him. I had quite a few good relationships this time. Um, uh, it leads us on to the next section question, which is which I've titled Femme Fatale, which is, uh, which romances did you pursue? I wasn't. Any? I wasn't really aware of how many people you could romance. So I literally just... Four. So I'm guessing that would be Scarlett, Mina, Madison, and Z? Yeah. Okay. Um, so the only one that I really pursued, and it wasn't really even me pursuing it, it just kind of happened, was Mina. Uh, yeah. Because I had a good relationship with her, and then, like, the day before that you go back to Alpha Protocol to, to, you know, do the last bit of the game you have the opportunity to like say a few different things or kiss her and then like that's it so i did that and then the next day she got shot in the face so uh, <laughs> um i did a did a bad job and then the same with uh, madison i didn't have a romantic relationship with her at all but i, she I died yeah i got michael to say don't worry i'll protect you uh and then she she got shot and i was like oh it's very bond-esque isn't it it's very uh very, very Daniel Craig uh, yeah. saying he'll protect someone and then just not doing it. I did uh, the opposite with her. So I'd read her backstory and it turns out later on that she's um, the daughter of one of the Alpha Protocol agents. And because of that, she's not got a backstory as such. So right. I read her backstory not knowing that. And it was it said that prior to her coming to Italy, there was nothing there. So I thought, double agent, yeah. something's not right here. So I went from being nice to immediately, um, I had a conversation with her and then it ended with me saying something along the lines of, I don't like you, you don't like me, we just do what we need to. And then I just let her get shot in the next mission. So Excellent. Bloody <laughs> so, yeah, that, was, that was a fun one. Um, when I originally... The, the, the secret one as well. The, oh yeah, Mr. Blobby. Yeah, Mr. Blobby. Yeah, there we go. Just, uh, just thought I'd throw that in a little bit earlier than we yes. did last week. A nice romance with Mr. Blobby. That's what we all need in our lives. Yes. Uh, it's very awkward when you kiss Mr. Blobby, though, because obviously he doesn't have movable lips uh, and he's got very strange eyes. But it was uh, n- n- nonetheless a-, a very welcome addition to the game. A welcome kiss. Yeah, a welcome kiss from Mr. Blobby. That's right. <laughs> that's the uh, tagline I want for this episode, please. That's right. Okay, let's see what I can do. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, when I first played this game, I, I I remember some things, but I don't remember, obviously, when you haven't played a game in some years. Um, certain things you remember, certain areas and yeah. certain things you just blank. Um, 
So I apparently, looking at my trophies for that, I romanced Mina, um, Madison, and uh, Scarlet. And this time I just did Mina and Scarlet, um, and like I said, just went against Madison and got a shot in the face. Scar- um, Scarlet didn't like me very much because I wasn't honest with her. Um, and what, what, at the very beginning, throughout the whole thing, really, like I got on well with her. At the beginning and then towards the end, she was just like, I just need honesty I said from I was you. an oil baron. Yeah, same. Um, and she was like, I just need honesty. And then I just was like, well, that would make me a really bad spy, wasn't it? So, no. Uh, and then, yeah, she, uh, she disappears. So. Did you feed her information as well? Uh, yeah, occasionally. I'd occasionally sell stuff to the black market and then occasionally I'd send it to her. I'd, I'd varied it a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so they're your, they're your relationships. I like the way that the... Um, I like the way that the relationships progress, but I don't like the way that you get to a certain point in the game, which is basically the end game. And it's, oh, now I'm going to sleep with all of them. Yes. Yeah, it just kind of comes out of the blue. Yeah, the, the balance that something like Mass Effect has is just not here. No. And it's just thrown in at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I'm sure we'll... Um, uh, discuss some other tangents in terms of the stories that we both the individual stories that we both had um next section i've titled bond bauer or born and apparently when putting together the dialogue system yes I, they are inspired I saw this. by bond bauer jack bauer and jason Bourne. um so the professional option is jason Bourne. the um aggressive is aggressive bauer. option is jack bauer and the suave option is james bond mm. Um, they're not really in keeping with those characters, to be honest. I mean, no. Suave is, is certainly not Sean Connery. Um, but loosely speaking, um, it does. And sometimes you'll find that um, the, the responses are far more appropriate and fitting to what you want to say than other times where it's just random. Mm. Um, and sometimes you'll get a fourth option, which you can unlock via uh, unlocking Intel or yes. um, doing a certain thing or taking a certain action. Which is quite cool. Um, I quite like this dialogue system. I think all dialogue systems are flawed in their own way. I think no one's got this quite right. But I like this one because it's got the time pressure um, that counts down and you have to make a quick decision. Uh, and There is a problem with on. that though. Because, and I, I saw a video on this, that you're like, you need to make the choice before the person finishes speaking. And sometimes you have to kind of make a choice before you know what they're going to kind of finish with or, or the inclination yeah. that it's going to go. So it is a, it is a good thing that it's timed, but at the same time, I think they probably could have given a little bit more of a window because yeah. it can sometimes be the fact that you're answering something in a way that maybe you didn't want to, because you didn't get to hear the whole thing before you'd made your decision or had time enough to change it. Yeah. agree with that. Um, what I will say is that it's better than, the binary systems that a lot of games were using in 2010, which was a, a, a la Mass Effect. Mm. Blue is good. Red is bad. Yeah. And you can pick your Paragon or your Renegade and there's really no middle ground. Or no. if there is a middle ground, there's no advantage to taking that middle ground. Well, Whereas same, same with something... Jedi Academy, isn't it? You either be dark side or light side. Yeah. And, and I'd say again that most games today don't seem to have figured that out because you still get so many games which is be the good guy be the bad guy yeah and it's just so tedious now isn't it 
um, so cliche. And when Mass Effect was doing it, it was it was quite early on in terms of uh, branching paths in stories. But mm. yeah, now they've had decades to kind of come up with a better system. But I feel like a lot of games still struggle with it. So so here we don't have that. We've got a, a different set of options and. Yes, you can go professional every time, but some characters will like you going suave. Yeah. Or some characters will like you being aggressive. And one of the things that the game tells you is that um, there's no right or wrong in the way that you treat characters. By treating a character badly, you can gain something just as much from treating the character yeah. well. So a good of, so a good example of that, actually. So Grigori, what, what did you do when you met Grigori? Oh, I was professional. How did that go for you? From memory, I think I was professional with him. Um, I just gave him some money when he asked me for it, and then that was it. Uh, but I didn't know that you did something a bit different, didn't you? <laughs> so, Grigori is one of the um, moments in the game that a lot of fans of the game hail as one of the, the great moments and, and just an example of the potential of this game. Um because you have this conversation with this informant in Russia, you've never met him before, and you can deal with it quite a number of ways. You're in a bar and when you meet him. Yeah, you're in a bar, he's having a drink, and it can benefit you to, to handle it in different ways. Um, I decided to go in. <laughs> he tried to extort me for money. The first choice that I had to make, I decided to take his bottle of um, probably vodka, and smash it over his head. So <laughs> after that, he was terrified of me. And was that the he suave the move? <laughs> that was the that was that, that, that was, was the, the aggressive option, one. Oh, okay, got you. Yeah, it was yeah, like that X. was the fourth option just to, to attack yes. him and just uh, yeah. So um, so after that, he he was very compliant. Um, he sent me an email afterwards saying, uh, I, "I know not to mess with you now," um, but he did still provide me with information because. He, he saw the value in having a relationship with me. Yes. There's an interesting side effect to that, though, which probably um, a lot of people don't know. There's a mission later on where you're at the embassy in Russia. I yeah. think it's the American embassy. It is. And there are um, people attacking the embassy. But if you've aggravated Grigori beforehand, um, basically law enforcement will be there and they will fight the mercenaries for you. Okay. So you've... Yeah, you've got this uh, side of things that treating him terribly and, and, and basically assaulting him actually goes in your favour. And mm. that's one of the little wrinkles that this game has. Yeah. Um, of the areas in the game, so we've got um, we've got the, the, the training area, which is also the area of the final mission. You've got Saudi Arabia. It doesn't say anywhere specific in Saudi Arabia. Um, you've got Moscow. You've got Rome. You've got Taipei. And you've got the the very very brief stint in in Greece. Um, which is your favourite hub? Uh, is it my favourite safe house or just my favourite area in general? Favourite area. In terms probably, of probably yeah. uh, probably Moscow or Taipei. Um, whereas I know that you're you're the other, aren't you? You're you're Rome. Yeah, I like Rome. Yeah. Um, I I found. Because each each area has its own kind of boss, I suppose, and and own thing that you're going for. So, in in Moscow, um, you're going against this very Moscow annoying. Yeah, it's Soviet, Soviet 
Well, there you go. I don't know if you heard that, but that was my uh, my good friend Alexa telling me what's going on in Russia. Uh, so there you are. That's what you need. That's right. Um, a kiss from Mr. Blobby and what's going on in Russia. Correct. Um, so yeah, in in Russia there is a uh, a boss called Breko uh, who you have to fight at the end. Who's irritating. He's all right, but I found that the the boss is frustrating as he was at the end. Oman Deng in Taipei. Um, I thought he was quite a good villain, though he didn't get any backstory. Yeah. That the best kind of sub-boss backstory was Marburg or Malberg or whatever his name is in Rome. Marburg, um, yeah. like, I really didn't like him. They did a good job of fleshing him out as an unlikable villain, whereas the others were just yeah. kind of there, um, yeah. if you know what I mean. But no, I'd, I'd say Rome was my least favourite part to play, I think. So Rome was um, apparently stitched together because they apparently it was the area that they'd done quite a lot on before they changed tact about halfway through development. So the Rome missions are stitched together from previous missions. And because of that, you've got quite an eclectic mix. You've got like the sniper level. You've got the very small safe house. Um, yes. And one of the things it does, it sets up with Saudi Arabia that it's going to be quite a conventional mission system. But then when you go to other places, you get the dialogue missions and you get the sniping missions and you get the other odd missions here and there, like the safe house. And... It likes to play around with it quite a bit. And you'll you'll also return to certain locations, but you'll uncover a lot more of the location and so on. And there was one I know that you were planning to do in Russia, <laughs> but it was obviously a timed thing in the background yeah, and you lost the opportunity to do it. Mm. Yeah. So there's there's like a, a, a ticking system going on in the background of this game, and I like it for that. Um, do you have a favourite mission? Maybe, maybe the one where you go... I, I, I think it's Rome. I don't think it's Moscow where you go into the warehouse and there's a shootout oh, yeah, with the Russians yeah. and the, the CIA and you've cool. got to um, identify a body and grab some stuff and then get out before the police show up. Uh, that was, that was standout, I suppose uh, amongst all of them. What, what about you? I think Marburg's villa is my favorite mm-hmm. just because it was a, like a, a fully realized full level that, Sometimes it felt like some of the levels were cut short or there were missing bits, but that felt like it was a proper level that um, you do, you almost might find in a Splinter Cell game or something like that. It felt like a complete level where you go outside, you you, you go through the villa. Um, I felt that about the hotel yeah. in Taipei. Um, yeah, and that it, was that was a good mission as well. It did give me um, very loose thoughts of the Bangkok mission in um, Hitman Twenty Sixteen. Yeah, that that was a good mission. I like that one actually. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that one. And that one's cool as well because you've got certain allies that you're taking in, and yes. you meet them at certain points in the mission as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, <laughs> let's talk about the visuals of this game quickly. Then I'll let you go first. It's weird because it's a 2010 game, but it kind of looks like it's from 2005. It. I'd say 2007, probably. Early, that early sort of PS3, 360 era games. That I, 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 slightly I, better than PS2. I think you could argue maybe early PS3, but I think there would also be an argument for like very late PS2. Like the PS2 games that were being developed whilst the PS3 was out, so when it was kind of at its max capacity. Um, and I mean, it's quite choppy on the PS3, which we mentioned, so like, I won't hold that against it as a game because that's just the, the platform. 
Um, well, you can hold it against it as a game because that should have been ironed out. <laughs> well, it should have been, but in terms of the overall look of the game, I don't think I can say too much about it in terms of the, the platform that I played it on. Um, but I don't think it looks fantastic. It doesn't look bad, but... No, it's okay. It looks very, very dated. It looks older than other games that came out in 2010, I'd say. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, when you consider when um, MGS4 came out... Um, 2008. Nice compared yeah. to this. Yeah. Um, I think some of the faces look alright, and I think some of the facial animation looks okay, especially Thornton. I think... Um, some of his transitions look okay, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's uh, it's it's not it's not a pretty game, and the animation is some of the animations okay, like some of the action moves and the takedowns yeah. are fine. Um, the, the the crouch animation is the worst thing that's ever been put to disc. Um, it's like a weird <laughs> an injured duck. Yes, it looks like he's got poorly legs. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a really bad crouch animation that I'm sure everyone will laugh at the first time they see it. Um, yeah, it's okay. It's, um, just very, very average with a, with a very unmemorable art style. Yeah. Um, I'd say. What about the audio in this game? Again, not very memorable. I I can't really think. The, the, the music in the break hole, uh, fight is that was cool decent but like you said that's licensed and that's the reason why it hasn't been ported or um or put backwards compatible or, or taken off steam or whatever um but overall the music's very forgettable uh the voice acting's all right um but yeah i think the voice acting is solid it's very a lot of the time i felt the dialogue that you could choose for michael was very much uh a bit of a Leon Kennedy Resident Evil 4 tongue-in-cheek thing. Um, yeah, just quite cheesy. Um, wasn't really in step with the rest of the game sometimes. Um, but the voice acting wasn't bad, but I think the writing probably could have been better. I think... Um, I actually think one of the key problems is it, with this game is not the cast. I think the cast is quite interesting, but Michael Thornton himself ha- is just such a generic looking yes sounding character um even the name is just very generic and to me if you go down the suave route for example it's got none of the charm of the best james bonds no um not even close and it just feels like a, a strange mishmash of these three um spy archetypes yeah that doesn't quite blend very well um yeah, that's a, that's a real weak point for the game for me, and and I think, I think it, if it had a more memorable, stronger protagonist, it would have done better. But oh, here we are without that. So mm. um, okay, so describe the game in one phrase followed by one word. Um, the phrase that I would use is "jack of all trades, master of none." It, but I would maybe argue that jack of all trades might be a bit too generous i'd say trainee of all trades the 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 thing that i found most frustrating with this game is that it tries to do so many things that it doesn't focus on one or two singular things to do well so i think the stealth could be better i think the shooting could be enormously better 
and the, the the shooting itself like you mentioned earlier there are quite a few sections where it is forced particularly the last mission yeah, and like because there's no emphasis on a particular thing like shooting or like stealth or like whatever the the four shooting sec- sections if you haven't been putting your points into shooting i could imagine will be like a nightmare um, yeah they weren't fun and yeah it, it just feels like this game was trying to do far too many things to be cool than focus on maybe a few different things that would have you know given it a bit I more focus that, in a few areas that would have made it a better game overall I, I agree with you. I, d- I don't think it was to be cool, though. I I think this was a a Goldeneye situation, um, except Goldeneye pulled it off. Um, when Rare made Goldeneye, they had no experience, and they just happened to pull this amazing thing out of the bag. Um, I think they had a real love for what they were making at Obsidian. So um, if you apparently if you go to the obsidian um development offices today there are still um posters of the characters from alpha protocol on the walls including one of the cut characters i think there was a real love for what they were trying to make but by their own admission they didn't really know how to make that they'd never made a game like this before um obsidian's got a deep history and i think they're involved in um Pillars of Eternity and uh, some of the old Baldur's Gate style games, and they were they were really um, really renowned before this for those kind of games, but they they just didn't have experience making this style of game. And I think I will never um, criticize someone for being too ambitious, but at the same time, you, you've got to acknowledge that that's what some of the drawbacks of this game are um, because they were too ambitious. I think so. I think with Alpha, because we, we, we've seen each other's lists and I don't know lots about all of the games on your, on your 15. Um, I know a fair bit about some of them and bits and bobs about others. And like I said, this is a game that I went into with no knowledge. And it, cause I, I know cause I've seen your list and I know generally kind of what you're into usually I found this one to be a bit of a surprise because <laughs> like 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 you said you you know that this game's flawed and oh, yeah. divisive flawed yeah, all those things. Yeah. 100%. And I think out of all of the games that we've discussed this is the one in terms of you liking it that I'm the most surprised by just because I think because I found this game so frustrating and again it does come back to that that thing that we discussed with Jedi Academy that nostalgia and previous memories with a game go a long way. And there'll be games on my 15 list that you'll probably play and just be like, why? Why is this on here? Because it's so clunky and old, particularly some of the old PS1 games that I have on there. But this is the one that I'm most surprised by. Well, and also, I didn't play it that long ago. It was um, mm. five years, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. It's... it's um. We'll get we'll get to it. we'll get into some of my wrap up thoughts of this game. So my my um, my my words describe this game. Yes. Unlike Michael Thornton himself, um, I think why I like this game. I in my mind, um, I look for a few things in the game that maybe aren't um, necessarily linear, and 
one one that I really look for is atmosphere. Yes. I wouldn't say this is the most atmospheric game, um, but another thing I look for is personality and everything around Michael Thornton, except for him himself. And yeah, I just find this game charming. In a, it, you can see it's trying so hard. <laughs> And I find there to be something admirable about that. And and the one thing that I think this game gets right is probably the stuff that no one sees, which is all the stuff going on in the background, all the relationship building, all the decision making that is that it's logging in the background that has an impact, like side disappearing from my story completely, um, like certain characters that you dealt with, certain missions that you weren't able to complete because of. Time, time constraints yeah. there's a there's a lot going on in the background and i find that really impressive um because we know that that's not always an easy thing to do for the biggest budget games but you've got this game that obviously quite obviously didn't have a huge budget the fact that it's got the limping duck animation um in there and that 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 wasn't picked up by someone and said what on earth is this well I've, it obviously doesn't well i, I was gonna say i've just had a thought that when when we're at university and and since then sometimes when I come and see you you you're um you quite enjoy and, and you you take um you take pleasure in watching bad films sometimes don't you just to see how awful they are you find them quite funny. Um, um I don't know like B, don't like B really movies. More. Yeah, well, some some B movies. I, I I like cult films. Yes, I like some cult films. Um, and I remember yeah. when you and me used to watch bad horror films you'd um or, or or just bad b movies in general you'd quite enjoy them and and be um be entertained by just how ridiculous they were and a lot of the times i'd just be watching them and be like why are we watching this <laughs> like i hate it so much and this game makes me think back to then when you and me used to watch these films and you would find them very funny and just you'd be able to laugh at the ridiculousness of them or the charm of them and I would just kind of be sat there know. like, why? I, I, I don't know. Um, I'd have to, I'd have, to uh, have an example and I'd tell you how yeah, I think yeah, about yeah. that film now. Um, I do think you take away budget, you take away... Um, i tell you what I like in games, and I think you'll see this in not all of the games yeah. on my list. Some of them are very well respected, and, and I think... There is a there's a really good argument for why they they deserve to be on sure. the, the Metacritic top one hundred. Um, you'll see it with a few games, a few other games though. One thing I like, and I think I like as a person, is going against the grain. Yes, and, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say that about you as well. And I think um, I'm I'm replaying Near at the moment, which is another game on my list. And yeah. one of the things I loved about Near when when I first played it was. And again, I didn't play that at the time either. But when I first played Nier, was that it takes Japanese role-playing games and other other games, and it spoofs them, mm-hmm. and it and it uh, it takes what you expect and does something different with it. And Alpha Protocol, it's, it's not it's not Nier, and it's not it doesn't do that to the extent that Nier does. But there's something about it that is unconventional in its ambition, in that it didn't play it safe. It could have been. This is the way I see Alpha Protocol. It could have come out and been completely forgotten. Yes. But you do get those retrospectives. There are certain games that we've played on the list that you search for videos on YouTube and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. 
there's no one even having an opinion on them. No one talks in about 2023. it. Twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. They just they they are gone. And which is why got we've got game. our podcast to to shine a light on them. Yeah, yeah. And and you've got this game that somehow has resonated with not everyone. Very divisive game. Yeah. I, I read before you even played it. I read so I read. Um, someone talking about this game saying um, it was complete drudgery and uh, they hated every second of it. Um, so so there are obviously different sides of the coin with this game. Some people say this is a great game to play while you're having a drink and... Yeah, um, you said that to me. Yeah, and just... just uh, here's a good example. I love the James Bond films, you know that. You do. And... and I can watch the, the the James Bond films that are considered bad and find merit in them and enjoy them fully. So that is a good example of that. I do think there are merit. Uh, maybe that's just my indulgence with James Bond. Um, I don't think so. But I, yeah, I, I don't know. But I, I see this as sort of um, <laughs> one of the not classic James Bond films. Really entertaining. Something that you can just, I don't know, have a bag of popcorn and, and play it. It's just fun just something just fun about it and i think that's my uh, my um we've not even got to the question of the week so i'm going to ask the question of the week before we get uh, yes. too far into the conclusion um before so once alpha protocol was released obsidian started to put together um plans for a sequel and they described the sequel as it would have ironed out a lot of the issues that people had with the first game but built on those strong points that people um, were aware of. So if there had been a sequel that wasn't kiboshed by Sega, which it was, um, what direction would you have liked to see the sequel go in? Um, firstly, can I say I'm glad that there's no sequel to this game because I think that you'd suggest that I play it and <laughs> I don't think I'd enjoy it. But I don't know. Like... Spy games are hard to get right, I think. Um, you and me have discussed spy games before, and realistically, the only ones that ever get a look in are games like Hitman, Splinter Cell, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, and they're arguably not spy games, are no. they? They're arguably espionage, stealth, stealth games, action. Disguise, yeah, disguise. And, yeah. I, think, I think in terms of what this game is trying to be, Hitman is possibly the closest to it but isn't that close at all no it lacks the talking doesn't it yes and but it has the glamour it has the globe trotting i think that what a sequel for alpha protocol would need is just something like a much bigger budget because i think if they'd had more time and more money to put into this game it would have been better and maybe take yeah. out a few of the elements like the like the gadgets uh, I don't think that those are necessary unless you like super focused on those being a big element. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't use the gadgets at all. Yeah, and I think you know if you are going to have big action set pieces like what you have in the game, every mission you can go in with a pistol and with a shotgun or an assault rifle or SMGs or whatever. And if they're using, I've not seen the Bourne films for a very long time, and I've never watched Twenty Four, so I don't know anything about Jack Bauer. So putting it against Bond. If you think about, let's say, um, let's say No Time to Die, which I know is your favourite James Bond film that's ever been released and you love it very much. But 
if you <laughs> if if you think about No Time to Die, there are I don't want to. You do. It's your favorite. But there there are points in that that film where Bond will uh, like like the section in Cuba when he's um when he teams up with uh, I can't remember the character's name Ana Diamas. And there's some action and there's some SMGs and there's a few assault rifles, but it is primarily just a secluded, like, shootout with Cut pistols. from the rest of the film. Yes. And I feel that what Alpha Protocol could have done differently or what a sequel could do differently is you look towards the end of No Time to Die where Bond's on the island and he's got a load of different weapons with him and got you know, brings the kitchen sink with him to take on whatever his name is, Rami Malek. And I feel that Alpha Protocol, in the bits where you go through Moscow, Saudi Arabia, Michael Thornton is always fully kitted up. Like, he's always got his AR, he's always got his gadgets, he's always got... And Bond doesn't always have that stuff with him. Yeah. And... I think that's where I struggle with this game being a spy game because it feels more like an action game to me with a few stealth sections kind of or a, a few stealth bits popped in there to say that it's stealth or a spy RPG where to me this feels more like a a spec ops RPG than spy if that makes sense. Yeah, it's very gung-ho at times. I suppose it depends how you define spy, doesn't it? Because yeah. Um, James Bond could be your spy, or it could be um, like Tinker Tailor Soldier spy with um, Gary George Oldman. Smiley. Yeah, George Smiley, the character who is who is very much people describe like a real spy, which is that he doesn't actually do much, but no, that that's what a real spy did. Yes, um, or does. So James Bond is fictionalized. It's action heavy, and it's not it's not realistic. No, um, but it is entertaining, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, I I I might even go as far to say that I don't think that Jason Bourne is a spy. Um, Jason Bourne feels like a, again, like a spec ops agent that will occasionally, you know, go and get information from somewhere. From what I remember from the films from long ago, but to me, a spy is is James Bond is infiltrating parties or infiltrating government buildings and, and and hacking and getting information which this game includes but it just feels like it's too action heavy to be classified as spy which is why i say spec yeah, ops I get that. and i think what a sequel of alpha protocol could or should have done would be to really rein it in in terms of the action heavy pieces um and make it a much quieter or a much slower game. I like that idea. And maybe just just get rid of a lot of the elements that aren't necessary to it and spend more time focusing on the things that are going to be crucial in it. Like, if you are going to have action-heavy pieces at the end of the game, make sure that your action-heavy pieces are good to play and not just all over the place. And, and that's been the theme of me talking about this game is that and it is all over the place it, it yeah, completely is it's you know so, so, some portions of it are, are bordering on not unplayable but <laughs> ve- yeah, very much yeah. very much like ha- how it's a roller coaster isn't it yeah like I, 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 a few bits of this game I was like how has this got through 
Um, well, it's like the, the 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 crouch the crouch animation. How has that not been picked up? And, and yes, I wasn't that offended by that, but it is funny. Um, you, you you saw it beforehand. When I first saw that crouch animation in in twenty seventeen or eighteen, yeah. I, I thought you'd seen it in a video before. Yeah, you, you sent it me. I, I looked at it and I thought, "What is this? What is this? How is this in the game?" Yeah, I know what you mean. It's um, yeah. There's just it's like I say, Jack of all trades, master of none. Just focus on the bits that you really want to get right, and. And just remove all of the jank because there is so much jank in this game, which to me makes it very difficult it's to very play. It's very janky. It's very janky, and it's just a hard, hard sell. I wouldn't recommend this game to to someone. Um, I just yes, but that's what I would do with a with a sequel. Rain rain it rain it in, reel it back. Um, yes. What 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 do you think? Um, I'm going to answer in my conclusion. Okay. Because, um, yeah. All right. So, before I answer, though, I want to ask you, uh, and I know, knowing the answer, um, a resounding yes. Mm. Uh, do you think it deserves to be on the list, Kissing Mr. Robbie? Only the Kissing Mr. Robbie section of the game. Um, but, but before I answer that, what what did you think that I'd think of this game going into it? Because I think um, I think this game, over the past three years, usually will agree on on a game, and I don't think I can think of a game from recent memory, from the past year or two, where I've differed so far from from you in an opinion of a game. Um, I think this is probably the first time where it's been like a a, a really kind of long distance between. Um, our opinions on a game. So what did you think that I'd think of it? I think... I think you were intrigued by this game because I know that of your own accord you were going away and watching videos about it. Yes. And I think, in theory, had the gameplay been where you wanted it to be, I think you'd have got a lot more enjoyment out of this game. Yeah, quite possibly. And... My 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 thoughts were, and I said it to you last week. Um, if you can get past um, the hurdles, which I said was the gameplay, mm. I think you would enjoy uh, parts of this game and what it's trying to be. And and that that's where I still stand. I think um, this game I find interesting. I, I find it curious. I find it fascinating. And I think that's. Um, what what I probably neglected in in my in my thinking of that is, I think. I would say that I'm quite a lot more patient than you, than you at times. Yes, and especially with games, and, mm-hmm. and I think, I, a lot of time in person, I'm not always the most patient person. But with games, I can be very very patient, and I don't know why that is, and I don't know where that comes from. Yeah. But, um. I, I'm the kind of person that can sit and wait for 10 minutes um, to find the right time to take someone down in a stealth game. Um, so I think that's the bit that I neglected. I didn't I didn't really consider that. That's, that but, yeah, that, 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 that's fair enough. And, and the thing is, I think these these 15 games each for us, there probably will be more well i'll tell you what i was worried about and and i know this is this is uh going on a bit as a a longer episode but i do think it's all worthwhile um (laughs) 
when you were playing this and with my reaction to um, Jedi Knight, which also wasn't it wasn't glowing, was it? Um, I thought we're going to be playing through each other's fifteen games, and we're going to each hate each other's. Yeah, games. yeah, yeah, the, yeah. So that was that was a bit of my concern. I'm not. Uh, Obviously, we're looking for the games that we both enjoy, and I think that's part of the reason we want yeah. each other to play the others' games. Yeah. Um, well, but I, I think I think that the next twenty-eight games that we're going to be doing are going to be very interesting because up until now we've been playing games that are, you know, universally critically acclaimed, mostly. And, and now we're playing a load of rubbish. We, 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 we're now playing games that, from your list. Um, a lot of them are games that I've either not heard of or don't know much about. And from my games, a lot of them are old PS1 games from like the 90s or the early 2000s that I qu- quite openly will admit probably aren't great. So it will be int- I think we're going to have more episodes like this where one of us oh, is I just going to be I like, think, yeah. what, like, what, what, why? Uh, <laughs> you know. Um, I think that's okay as well. It's not. Yeah. It's- 100%. And, you know, you and me know each other well enough that. I'm never going to say to you, like, why the hell do you like this game? That's outrageous. You've got bad taste. And I know that you wouldn't say the same to me um, because you and me, even though we are quite similar and we know each other very well, we do have quite different tastes we do. when it comes to media. We've got that media. cross-section in the middle that that, that we, we cross over yeah. on, but we do have different tastes. And um, and, and, and to be honest, those, those people that say, oh... Every, for for someone to be a friend or for someone to get along with someone, you need to have exactly the same taste. I've never agreed with that. No, I think my my friendship group is an eclectic bunch and really quite random. And, and when I come to get married, and I'm quite intrigued to see those different groups meet each other because mm. it's going to be funny just just seeing people interact, being completely different from each other. So yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Yes. Um... So yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to the next few games that we're doing because I think we're going to have more conversations yeah. like this. But to, to answer your question, other than the Mr. Blobby kiss scene, which obviously we we know is universally loved and ten out of ten, that is a ten out of ten. Um, I don't think this game deserves to be anywhere near any top one hundred lists. Um, and I'll be quite honest and say that I hope I don't ever play it again. Um, I'm I'm really glad that I finished it though, because yeah, I'm glad you finished we, it. We we agreed at the start of this that. Each of us has two get out of jail, three cards. So if we're really not getting on with the game, then we can say, look, I I can't finish this one uh, to each other twice. I think there are games on my side. So this game, I wasn't sure where you're going to fall. There are games on my side that I'm I'm sure that you're going to fall on the negative side. Mm. Because I know, for example, there are some horror games on there. I know you're not the biggest horror game fan. No. I think you're going to struggle with some of those. Um, so I, I think you are wise to complete this one and probably save those two passes for other games. I I, I also didn't want to be like, okay, the first game that we, we've taken of your choice, yeah. I'm going to take a pass on, please. Because, um, yeah, the, the, the thing is, I, I can tell when things are important to you. And I can tell when you you really want an opinion on something and when you want input. And I know that this was one of them. Um, yeah, this game, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't have a, I mean, you, you'll come to see when I do my conclusion for this, that um, my thoughts, I'm, I'm quite open to the fact that this is a very divisive game with, with a lot of flaws. And, and 
sometimes you can accept that, sometimes you can't, and that's just the yeah. way it is, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think the 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 one the one positive thing that I will end on talking about this game is I'm glad that it wasn't longer. Um, is 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 yeah, it doesn't outstay its welcome. Um, no, it it's long enough, but it it could have been shorter. But yes, it it wasn't. It, it 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 didn't leave me feeling like I'd put a load of my life into something that I didn't enjoy, which is always appreciated with games. Yeah. Um. So yes, uh, my my opinion is I I didn't like this game and I don't think it sh- should be on a list. Um. But now your turn. I feel that it's going to be slightly different from what I say. Um. As I said, this game was my final addition to my fifteen games. Yeah. And. And we talked about wild cards a bit uh, in in the lead up to this, in the years and years of lead up into this. This was very much a wild card in that I knew it was divisive. Um, I know that it's still divisive. I know that a lot of people love this game. Yeah. Um, but every single person that loves this game acknowledges that it's got a tremendous amount of flaws and the balancing is all over the place. The AI is all over the place. Um, it's uh, It's kind of a a sewn together game from the previous versions of the game. Um, as you said, when we did Jedi Knight, I think your conclusion was that it doesn't deserve to be on the list, but you knew that. And yeah, th- this, I, I, for me to sit here and say, this is one of the best games of all time. I couldn't say that with a straight face. No, because because I couldn't. That's not... It would be a lie. Yeah. But... I will say that... I got more enjoyment out of this. And I really enjoyed it just playing it this time as well. I got more enjoyment out of this than a lot of other games that we, that we played on the list. Yeah, and which is which is what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. This, to me, is... As I said... One of the lesser James Bond films. It's the equivalent of that. It's it's the equivalent of your die another day. It's the equivalent of your octopusy. Yeah. It's the equivalent of. I mean, I could name one of those films for each of the Bonds, really. Um, so, it's it's the Bond films that really don't have any layers. And what I mean by that is. This is not Casino Royale where um, James Bond is, is mulling over his decisions while sitting in a shower. Um, this is not the James Bond film where um, Sean Connery's James Bond is on a train angry at the Bond girl because um, his friend has just died. Um, this is not that. It's more Roger and Moore than anything else, isn't it? It is, yeah, very much so. And And sadly for Pierce Brosnan, in some of his films, he inherited a lot of that Roger Moore-ness. Um, and I, I like Roger Moore. I think he's entertaining as Bond. But yeah, the, the, the depth is, is not fair, really, is it? Um, this is B-movie Bond. Entertaining. Something that's fun to play over a weekend for me. Mm. And I enjoy it for its links to Bond. And I can find merit in it. But I'm not proclaiming that it's one of the best games ever made i think it's uh got a lot of personality got a lot of charm got a lot of hearts that's how i describe this game i think it's brimming over with 
the developers' intentions for what they wanted this game to be. They wanted it to be more than it was, and I think you can see that. And I'd, I'd much rather have a game that has that heart than another um, dreary sequel that borrows the same template from its predecessor, which we've had far too much on this list. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think I'm I'm, I'm going to draw the line there and, and, and say that it doesn't deserve to be on the, 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 the top 100 list, but damn, did I have a good time with it. And that's the main thing. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> well... All right, yes. so what's coming up next time from your side? So next time we have quite a short game. I know that you've uh, you've already sunk a few hours into it. We're doing uh, a bit of an indie game called Thomas Was Alone, um, which I think came out about 10 years ago, maybe. Um, it's just a like a three, four-hour game that's it's a platformer with some nice narration of someone who I originally thought might have been Stephen Merchant doing it, but it wasn't. Um, but yeah, it's just a little platformer about some shapes and, you know, going from, okay, let's talk about the best video games of all time to going to do a little indie game where we're just talking about some shapes that have got names. Um, it's very different. But yes, you, you, you've played a few hours of it so far, haven't you? So what would you say um, to me? I know I've started playing this already, but what is there to keep in mind when I'm playing this game? I don't really know, to be honest, because it's a very simple game, isn't it? I'd say the thing that I keep in mind with this game is just enjoy the writing and enjoy the narration um, and maybe look into how this game was made or, or why it was made. Um, and you can learn that through playing the game, really, through the narration. Um, but that's what I'd say. This isn't... This isn't really about the gameplay. Thomas was alone. It's more about the experience, I think, um, as a little puzzle platformer, if you know what I mean. And how do you think I'll find this game? I think you'll find it all right. I think you'll find it fine. I don't think that you're going to walk away having, you know, a really deep experience with it, which I didn't either. But I think it's one of those games where you'll be like, yeah, that was, that was nice. That was, that was all right. But that'll be it. It isn't, you know, it isn't going to change your life, you know? Okay. We will, we will see next week. Tune in for my reaction and your thoughts on the game as well. Yes, quite. So, uh, yes, that's all as usual. Um, all as usual. That's all for now. As usual, you can find us on social media, Long and Short of It podcast. We're on, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, threads. Although we don't really use threads because it seems like a dead app at this point. Um, but yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's uh, one of our long, one of the longer ones that we've had in quite a while, isn't it? Um, yeah. Which I wasn't anticipating, but here we are. No, me neither. So yes, uh, that's everything from me for today. Anything else from you? No, that's it from me. Lovely. Well, we'll see you next week for Thomas Was Alone. And in the meantime, take care. Cheerio. See you on the next one.